So I've said to myself from time to time this year that teaching has been hard. And I've certainly tried a number of things differently this year. Um, and I thought I would reflect on some of the things that have made this year different, difficult, um, and, and used up a certain amount of energy. Not that there haven't been interesting, creative things that have happened, just that it has consumed a certain amount of en energy, and I, I thought it would be interesting to think about that. Um, so I started the year off reading a book by Donald Finkel called Teach With Your Mouth Shut. And he takes a very interesting tact with the English courses that he teaches and the literature courses and giving students the opportunity um, and the power to do things on their own, to drive discussion. And so that was a part of the catalyst that got me going in that direction. I also had the opportunity to go down to Miami in the early part of November to the Shift in Edu conference. And I met a lot of interesting people there. Um, in particular, I got to hear a keynote um, on love and disruption by Caleb Rashad. And, um, and I went to his hackathon uh, session as well. Um, so that conference really solidified my interest in what I was doing and, and to continue to try uh, different things. It's good to get out of the bubble. It is also good to know that there are other people out there doing what you're doing are interested in helping you do what you want to do. Um, and it's it was really an energizing experience. And that I got to catch up with the Jen Carey um, was definitely an added bonus. So project-based learning. Um, you hear a lot about PBL, and you hear a lot about why teachers don't like projects, um, the least of which is trying to grade them. Um, and so this year, um, we opened a year-long computer science course, object-oriented programming applications. And so instead of having very much theory involved with the course, it is driven by getting students to be able to deal with more complicated things and more complicated ideas. And being able to work on longer projects. And I've often said to myself that 75% of what we're doing isn't gradable. There's probably truth to that, and there's probably and there's ways that I could introduce grading into it later if I had to. Um, but it is it has been an interesting experience. Um, I think one of the things that is most important is having an authentic project for students to work on. And so um, we started off the year by building a text-based tic-tac-toe game in Python. Um, we did some things around PyQt and graphical user interfaces and code maintenance 
we've been using GitHub um, to do both our classroom submissions and our projects. And one of the things that I can tell you is students aren't used to giving up their ideas. Um, they're not used to being asked for them, one. Two, they're not used to being able to give feedback and critique to a teacher. And so it's been interesting to think about the things that I've kind of had to guide them towards. I think one of the other things in trying to build a collaborative environment is having students work together in, in small pieces, in small groups of in pairs to, to four students. Um, but I've also found that once they've started to get to know each other and get comfortable with each other, one of the most effective things I can do is leave the classroom. And oftentimes when I walk back into the classroom after I've gotten a drink or I've walked down the hallway, they've gotten up and moved around. One day in particular, I remember that I left the classroom and I came back in and all eight of them were crowded around a particular computer. Sometimes students need the autonomy, but also to know that you trust them enough to walk out of the room and for them to, to work together while you're gone. Um, one of the other things that I picked up at the hackathon when I went down to Miami was this idea of deferring judgment. And at the time, we were talking about deferring judgment on the work that we were doing. Do the work, you can critique it and judge it later. And as I've watched students write code, I mostly stay out of it. And I remember one particular instance where a student was doing something and I thought to myself, why would you do that? But then I stopped and thought about it a little more before I said anything and realized that what was not understood was that things get passed around by reference in Java and they didn't realize that they'd already changed change the object. So deferring judgment is not just about around your own work, but sometimes if you defer judgment on what students are doing, you can find a different perspective and understand why they chose, chose to go down that path. And if there's a more efficient way to do it, you can explain that at an appropriate time um, and, and sometimes you'll find the gap in their learning um, a little easier. Individual versus collaborative effort. Um, we've certainly done a number of projects that required collaborative effort and GitHub has been a great way to do that collaboration. Um, you are still left with needing things to grade so you can put a grade in the grade book. And so um, one of the things that I've done is have some individual assignments um, in the course. So 
Some of the things that I've done is that when we introduce new concepts, um, give short little assignments to get them to practice using a, using a concept or using two or three concepts together. Um, sometimes you uh, assign a short assignment so that they can um, extend on something they haven't done before. And one of the things that I've, I've certainly learned is that students oftentimes need a day to get by that initial struggle. Um, they're going to have to wrap their brain around the problem, around the programming issues that come up. And, and sometimes that really does take a day to, to get done. And leaving time for that struggle to happen is important. Um, so another, um, another bit of independent work that we've been able to do is having assignments that come off of um, off of the projects. So, you know, you learn, you learn some concepts in the project or you had to look something up. And so you need to come back and make sure the whole class has, um, has a grasp on that concept that a particular group may have used um, kind of intensely or, or been able to become very familiar with it. Um, some students, when it comes to individual work, they have they'll have time and interest to work on um, to work on the code at home and so while we're in the middle of a project I 99% of the time don't require them to work at home but they're interested in it they have time to do it and and they'll do some individual work on it at home um, and and kind of get some of the kinks out one of the interesting things that happened as we were doing our latest project was we were doing a text-based game and the idea came up of being able to graph the prices at the end of the game so this game was a trading game where you sold and bought fruit and um and so at the end of the game the students wanted to implement a graph that would show you the price of apples for instance over the course of the game and so we found um, a way to do line graphs, an example of how to do line graphs in JavaFX. And we decided to pursue this, um, pursue this feature request. It was very difficult um, in trying to understand exactly what was going on. Um, it's probably been a good decade since I used Java. There's been a number of changes. Um, and so as we tried to understand what was happening with this example um, and we tried various things, things were not working out very well. And so uh, that group, I sat down with that group and we talked about killing the feature request. And we had a nice little discussion around whether or not we should continue working on it or whether or not um, we should try a little bit longer. Um, one of the things that are required was that if they were going to kill a feature request, that they were going to have to come up with definitive reasons as to why they should stop working on it and go back into the, into the main group and finishing up the code. Talking about that, the group decided that they wanted to continue working on it for a couple more days. 
um, later that day or the next day, I sat down and I deconstructed the example code, put together something that functioned. And like when you're decomposing things in mathematics that you don't understand, it's often very taxing on the brain because you're trying to take, figure out what the constituent parts are, take the constituent parts apart, have those constituent parts be things that you understand and then put them back together in a different way. But we got, but I got to the point where I could give the students some code that functioned and was a push in the right direction of what it was that they were trying to do. Being able to talk about getting rid of a feature request or killing a part of a project was fruitful in that it gave us all the opportunities to express frustrations, to express why we believed that it was or wasn't doable, and to get those things out there and to say, you know what, if this doesn't work out, that's okay, but let's, let's give it one more shot and it ended up being successful. And as we finished up the code, um, one of the other students from the other group was able to, um, to get something working that, um, that the group in charge of the graphing had not been able to get working. So it really is a collaborative effort, students, teacher, groups, um, that aren't necessarily working on that particular part of the project except for a short time. It all comes together um, to manufacture a piece of software. One of the other things that I'm still working on when it comes to project-based learning is making sure that everybody is involved. Um, one of the things that started to happen um, as they were working in two groups of four because there were two things left to finish up was the challenge of keeping everyone engaged um, because when you're working in a group of four, it's easier, it's easy for one or two people uh, to kind of back off and, um, and, and to be disengaged. So making sure that everyone is involved in their particular assignment is something that, that I'm still working on. So I'd like to finish up with this. Um, last night I was listening to, uh, YouTube recording of the um, Innovators Mindset get-together by uh, Trisha Martin and John Spencer, Caleb Rashad, and uh, Eric Shigala. And the question came up of how to rejuvenate as a teacher. And John Spencer had this brilliant response. He said, you need to understand the difference between being tired versus being wounded. If you're tired, you need rest. If you're wounded, you need restoration. And I think if there is one thing that I wish someone would have been able to tell me my first year of teaching, that's it. There's a difference between being tired and being wounded. And if you're tired, you need to take care of yourself and make sure that you're rested. If you're wounded, you need to know what restores you 
there's fires that burn in your soul and there's fires that burn your soul. And you need to know the difference and you need to know what fire keeps you going and what fire it is that you're stoking. Um, restoration requires you to toss a log on that fire that burns in your soul. And I think a lot of what I'm getting at is that in order to teach effectively, you need to understand yourself and you need to be connected to who you are, what you're doing and why you're doing it. So I think, um, I think that's something important to reflect on and to spend some serious time thinking about being tired versus being wounded. If you are wounded, go seek out your support system, number one. Number two, make sure that you are engaged in things that are going to lift you back up. So that's it for this podcast. Um, we'll see more coming forward. Um, I'm working on getting my portfolio up. Um, I bought a domain the other day, so... Hopefully um, that will be coming very soon and, and I'll be able to show that and share that. So for now, goodbye and I hope you have a great week.